Welcome to the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast with me, your host, Dr. Morgan Anderson, clinical psychologist, relationship coach, love expert, creator of the ESL relationship method, and athletic wear connoisseur. My mission is to help you raise your self-worth, have great relationships, and step confidently into the next level of your life. Each week, two episodes will air featuring expert advice, live coaching, and tips showing you exactly how to improve your life and attract great relationships. You deserve to feel empowered, secure, and loved. So buckle up and let's get vulnerable. Do you feel like you keep dating people who won't commit and you've struggled in your dating life? You've gone through all these breakups, or maybe you've even struggled to consistently date and stay in the dating game. And you are actually the one who struggles to commit and let your walls down. I know how exhausting this can be when you have this desire on your heart that you really want that partner, that best friend, that person to build a life with, and yet your dating life is just going nowhere and you can't seem to find a person to build a healthy relationship with. I just know how frustrating that is. And I was able to take everything I know from clinical psychology and attachment theory research and NLP belief work and build a program that can help you no matter what your past has been, even if you've never had a healthy relationship before in your life, this program will help you become the securely attached, healthy, high self-worth version of you who effortlessly attracts that partner that you've always wanted. So spots are really limited. We can only take a small amount of people every month. And I want to invite you to not wait on your healing. Love is for those who are willing to be brave and do the work And you are so deserving of removing the barriers to everything you desire. So I just want to invite you, apply to the Empowered, Secure, Loved program. You get coaching with me and you will be able to embody that version of you that you deserve. And spots, once again, are super limited. So make sure you apply. You can find the link in my Instagram bio. My Instagram handles Dr. Morgan Coaching, and the link will also be in the show notes. I'm so excited for you to embody that healthy, securely attached version of you. You are so worthy of it. Welcome to a special episode of the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast. I'm so excited that you're here. It's your host, Dr. Morgan. Today's episode is going to be a deep dive on anxious attachment and fear of abandonment. This also is going to be directly addressing a Instagram DM I got from one of you amazing listeners. Thank you for sending me your messages. I love to get messages from you. Um, If you want to watch me deliver this episode, you want to see my face and you're more of a visual person and that's going to help you learn. I just want to invite you to go to YouTube, Dr. Morgan TV, 
YouTube. You can find this episode there as well. Usually we drop episodes on Fridays on YouTube. So there's definitely past episodes, some exclusive content. Check out the YouTube channel if you're into it. But let's go ahead and get into this topic. I could talk for hours on this as I was planning this episode out. I realized there's so much that we can cover, but my goal is to give you the most important parts of this topic and the things that'll have the biggest impact on your understanding and your relationships. So I am excited to dive into this. This is something that so many people struggle with, the fear of abandonment, fear that relationships will end, that you will be left in some way, neglected, ignored, you'll lose people. Fear of abandonment is pervasive for us in our world. So such an important topic for us to cover. And I'm going to start it out with the direct message that I got, the DM that I got. So you can hear kind of what inspired this episode. So here's the message. She says, I relate to your childhood and generational trauma background. I too am afraid that I've been through too much, have too much emotional baggage and trauma to unpack that it would be too much to ask a partner to accept. I am also afraid of abandonment and I do not cope well with rejection I've found it incredibly hard to move on from a long-term relationship that occurred years ago, where for him, moving on was relatively seamless. I think I emotionally attach myself to other people in such an intense way and almost lose myself and my identity in relationships. It makes it hard to move on from them. I appreciate your content and would love more specific detail around these particular issues. So I love it. I love this this message and we're going to we're going to get into it. And I think so many of you can relate to what she shared. And I know I had shared this I believe on a training at some point and I said one of my old beliefs was that I was just too broken, there was too much wrong with me, my family was too crazy too effed up um, and that I just would never be able to have a healthy, quote unquote, normal, securely attached relationship. I had just kind of resigned myself to the idea that relationships would just never be good for me and that anyone who was, quote unquote, normal and healthy would want nothing to do with me. And This is such a painful belief system. I want to just call it out for a second and just acknowledge that if you're going through life that way and you just think, oh, I'm just too broken for anyone to want to be my partner, can you just give yourself some love, some compassion right now and just acknowledge that that is not the way to go through life and that it's absolutely not true. And the reality is, is that we have no control over what's happened to us. We have no control over our childhood trauma or the past trauma that we've experienced. The only thing that we do have control over is what we do with it and the narrative 
that we create, how we tell the stories of our lives. We do have control over that. So I I just want to address address that because I know that I'm not the only one that had that past belief, or I think some of you listening might currently have that belief. So let's just call BS on that belief right now. You are not too broken. It's not too late. You can always, always, always change your life. You can always welcome in healthy, great relationships. This is not something that's only available to people who look a certain way or have had a certain childhood or have certain things going for them. Healthy, great relationships are available to everyone. It is attainable for everyone. So long as you do the healing work to let go of the barriers, right? To remove the things that have gotten in the way, to release the old ways of being that no longer serve you. As long as you allow yourself to do that work and give yourself the opportunity to heal, healthy, great relationships are absolutely available to you. All right. So let's talk about abandonment, fear of abandonment. And I haven't shared this yet on this podcast, but I think I'm, I'm going to tell you this. I I love how in the moment I'm like, well, this is really personal. Do I want to share this? And I think I do. We're going on three years of let's get vulnerable. Can you imagine? It's been three years already. You all have been such a community And I really do believe in getting vulnerable. And I know that it helps others when you hear parts of my story. And I definitely have created so much emotional safety within myself that I am so much more of an open book than I ever have been in my life. So I'm going to share this with you. When I was doing some work at Date with Destiny, Tony Robbins event. It was really, it was really great. It was really, really intense. I think I was like sobbing for a week straight. But anyways, I was doing all this deep work and um, some of the exercises we did were looking at the narrative that we have about our life and um, beliefs about ourselves and all, all the things. But One of the things that I uncovered is I had this root of where this fear of abandonment came from and almost this narrative that I always would be abandoned. And it actually came from losing my mom at a young age. And the interesting thing is it was not her decision to abandon me. And I have a picture of her on my desk. So I'm like looking over. It's this picture of her in a wedding dress. Let me see if I can get it. Oh, too far away. I'll show you guys someday. Um, But it was never her decision. This was, she had an allergic reaction that cut off air supply to her brain that was out of her control. And yet, This was still the root of a lot of my trauma and pain and this belief that I would always be abandoned and that I wasn't good enough, that there was something wrong with me and that if I had been better, that would not have happened. And I was carrying around all this bullshit about 
oh, if, you know, things have been different or I had been different as a little six-year-old girl, right, then I would not have been abandoned. And I share this with you because abandonment that we've experienced isn't always someone deciding to break up with us or someone deciding to end a marriage um, or end a friendship perceived you can experience abandonment even if it wasn't someone's decision even if it was totally out of that person's control or something that just happened so even if you experienced just like me you lost a parent at a young age your brain can still internalize that as abandonment and still create all of the narratives about not being good enough and if only you'd done something different and um yeah i think that had never really resonated for me and i had never really put that together until recently and what i had realized was as i had this unconscious belief that um that my mom didn't love me or didn't care about me and that was like such such bullshit and i know when i say it out loud it's like how could you believe that she had this horrible horrible accident. Um, but it's interesting what our young brains will wire, right? Like what, how our young brains will interpret the world. So I just want to allow you to be really, really curious with yourself and think about abandonment and perceived abandonment, right? Not just actual abandonment, but you might've been on the receiving end of things that were completely out of people's control and a relationship ends and maybe to an onlooker, it would not look like abandonment, but to you, it felt like it. What matters is what was the narrative your brain came up with and what did it feel like? So abandonment can occur in so many different ways. And the piece I really want you to take in is that Abandonment can feel like death. Abandonment can feel like death. And the reason that is, is because when we are children, abandonment very well can mean death because we rely so heavily on our caregivers, right? We can't, we're not just five-year-olds out there taking care of ourselves and putting a roof over our head and feeding ourselves. We are biologically wired to have abandonment feel like death. So people wonder why with anxious attachment, you feel so compulsive in doing the things that you do as in you have no control over your behaviors or your actions in relationships. The reason is, is that you are, you are in survival mode. Anxious attachment is about survival mode and avoidant as well, right? And they have different approaches, but they have the same fear of that loss of intimacy. And with avoidant attachment, the strategy is just to never engage. And then with anxious attachment, the strategy is... How can I make myself be so loved and so needed by this person and be everything that they need and everything that they want so that 
they would never, ever even dream of abandoning me, right? And I'll prioritize their needs and I'll forget who I am and I'll take on all their hobbies and I will become so close to them, will become codependent, right? And then they'll never be able to leave me, right? So in your nervous system, when you have a dysregulated attachment system, the prospect of relationships ending feels like death and it leads you to act in ways that are mentally and biologically connected to survival. All right. I know I repeated myself, but I really want you to take it in so that you understand that your attachment style is not just a way of being that you decided to have. It's a way of being that's linked to your survival. Okay. And one other piece, and I thought that our lovely listener who wrote in, I thought that this would be really important for her to consider. When you are acting out unfinished childhood business in your adult romantic relationships, right? You're just, maybe you're dating people who are emotionally unavailable um, or you are acting out avoidant attachment styles and you are writing people off as quickly as possible and never really opening yourself up to true connection. Um, whatever you're doing, you're playing out unfinished business from childhood in your adult romantic relationships. And then let's say you do go through a breakup, which is what um, our, our lovely listener had talked about going through a breakup. And you experience such a heightened response. And in fact, you might even call it a disproportionate response, such as mourning a partner for years, right? What we realize is that that response is not just about that breakup. It is not just about that relationship ending. It's actually a response to the unfinished business from childhood. And you are responding to what the relationship represents and what the ending represents. And to you, it is not just the ending of that relationship, but it is that confirmation that there's something wrong with you. You're not good enough. Intimacy never works out for you. It's not safe for you to be connected to others. So the breakup is not just about losing that person, but it's it's about that unhealed childhood unfinished business staring you in the face and you having all the negative things about you that that you've believed probably unhelpful beliefs, right? It's having it all confirmed by a recent breakup. And that's what makes it so amplified and so challenging and so difficult because it's not just about the breakup. It's also about your unhealed trauma staring you in the face, right? So I just want to give you so much compassion if you're going through a breakup that feels like hell, that feels completely disproportionate to the actual breakup and your response is maybe even 
six months, a year, multiple years, and you're just finding yourself really, really stuck. The beautiful news is it's not just about the breakup and it's a great sign that you really can move on. And I would encourage you to really focus on your healing and get getting to the root of it. Because while your brain is telling you that another relationship will solve your problem, it won't. What'll happen is you go into another relationship and then go through another breakup, and then it'll be even more amplified when that relationship ends. So if you're having a disproportionate reaction, that's an incredible sign that you are so ready to do the healing work. So I want to encourage you to do that. Whether it's in our program, the Empowered Secure Love program that helps you release your past, rewire your belief system, and learn how to show up securely attached, um, or it's another resource out there, you absolutely deserve to spend time going through a healing process. Okay. So... We talked about abandonment. We've talked about kind of the evolutionary reasons why it can feel like death. Um, We've talked about why you can have a disproportionate response to a breakup. Now I want to talk about what in the hell are some things we can do to deal with fear of abandonment. And I I love, I love, love, love giving you all things that you can apply today, right now. And I love making them easy to implement. So I do have, looks like I have a list here of about four things. And this is going to help you with fear of abandonment. You ready? Let's do it. So number one, learning how to self-soothe. So when you have that parent growing up that wasn't able to soothe or that wasn't really there for you, right? You never learned how to soothe. So you just don't know how to do it. So it's really important to just acknowledge, hey, I don't really know how to self-soothe. And then to start experimenting with ways that you can do it. So some examples would be journaling, meditation, um, being able to go on a walk or learning how to show up for yourself with mindfulness, self-compassion meditations and showing up as your ideal parent. I did that with women inside um, of the program last night. We did a ideal parent meditation and it's so, so powerful. And the cool thing is, is it literally takes like five minutes and you can totally change your emotional state. So anyways, number one is self-soothing. And don't be afraid to experiment and find the type of self-soothing that works best for you. For a lot of people, mindfulness, self-compassion helps a ton. Kristen Neff has great resources on this. You can check out her website. Um, But that's what I would definitely recommend. The second thing I would want you to think about is learning how to Anytime you're building a relationship, and yes, this goes for romantic relationships. This also goes for friendships, work relationships, all all kinds of relationships, probably not family because you just, you're already close to them. But the advice is I want you to slow 
down your emotional investment. I want you to slow down your vulnerability. And I would really, really advise you to remember that you need to gather the data on people and determine, is this relationship worthy of my emotional investment? Is it worthy of my vulnerability? And when we're creating secure attachment, the question we want to be asking is, can I depend on this person? Can this person show up for me consistently? Do I know that if I share how I feel that I will be validated and that I can depend on this person, right? And realizing that you have to determine whether or not you feel how you want to feel in a relationship before you're really investing time and energy and commitment in your emotional investment. So become an intentional investor of your emotional energy. And that's going to really, really help you reduce fear of abandonment because you have data to back up that it's a good investment. So a lot of times we can develop fear of abandonment more easily because we invest too much too quickly and we probably come up with this narrative about who this person is and we're not really in reality and like oh they're the one and it's perfect and la di da and then we have so much fear of abandonment um because our relationship with them isn't even really built on reality we don't really have data we don't know if they keep their word if they are emotionally available, we just don't know. So then of course we have fear of abandonment because we don't have the data to back up that they are reliable, consistent, emotionally available people that want to build a relationship. I feel like some people listening to this just had a bunch of light bulbs go off of like, oh, that's why I felt so anxious in that relationship. Yeah. Slow it down gather the data, be an intentional investor of your emotional energy. Tip number three is learning how to cope ahead of time. This is really good for fear of abandonment. So we talked about self-soothing, but having some coping skills that are available to you prepared so that you know what are your go-to coping skills so that you could use them in the moment if needed, right? So let's say your partner um, said something hurtful or they were talking about their ex in detail and it crossed a boundary for you as things you didn't really want to know and you're feeling very anxiously attached. Well, Just remember what are the coping skills that you have planned and you can simply use one of those skills. So it's like having having your coping skills on speed dial, know what they are ahead of time so that you're not in the moment like, oh, I'm so emotionally dysregulated and this feels horrible and awful. And oh my gosh, what were my coping skills again? No, prepare, be prepared, have your coping skills ready to go. All right, tip number four. This is kind of related to the second one about slowing down, but I kind of want to, I want to put it in another way. 
Um, with anxious attachment, quick intimacy feels so good because we really want intimacy. And sometimes when there is a great connection and we feel that intimacy, the natural reaction of the brain of the of the anxious attachment system is, ooh, I want more of this. So what happens is we share more or we get even more vulnerable or we spend even more time together. This is for all those couples where you hear them say like, yeah, you know, we went on our first date and then we just spent the entire next month together every single day and did everything together. And it's like, okay. So it was that anxious attachment need for intimacy. And then it kind of snowballed. So what I would advise you to do is if you know that you're dealing with anxious attachment, you can, of course, allow yourself to be open to connection. And you also don't want to overdose on connection. It makes me think about chocolate, right? Like, okay, I'm a chocolate lover. I would imagine you are too. If you're not interesting, maybe you're into spicy things. Anyways, so love chocolate. However, if I go and eat like three chocolate bars in one setting. Not going to feel good. It's going to be awful. I'm going to feel awful the next day, right? Connection is like that chocolate. It's so good. We crave it. We love it. We want it. And we also want to really savor it and really appreciate it and know that we can have a little bit at a time. And when you're really learning how to become securely attached, you start to learn, ooh, I can really appreciate connection. I can really appreciate vulnerability and really savor it as it's coming up. And here's the key. And I trust that more is on its way to me, that it is so available to me and I don't need to squeeze out all the connection right here in this moment and make it all happen right now. I can savor it, know that it's so available, and know that there's so much more on its way to me. So I want you to think about that. Those were the four tips we talked about. Self-soothing, slow down the investment in the relationship, gather the data, And then number three was learning how to cope ahead of time, have your go-to coping strategies ready to go. And then number four was that slow burn and savoring connection instead of overdosing um, and, and ruining your appetite for more. All right, y'all. I hope you got a lot out of this episode. Obviously, I love talking about attachment theory. I love answering your questions. If you have questions, you can always shoot me a DM on Instagram. And side note, if you haven't gotten the book yet, um, go get it. It's called Love Magnet, Get Off the Dating Roller Coaster. It's a deep dive on how to apply attachment theory to your dating life. It's also a fun read. I tell people it's like Jen Sincero, You Are a Badass, like that book and Amir Levine's Attached. If those two books had a baby, that would be Love Magnet. So go go grab it. It's a it's an experiential 
book that will absolutely help you move towards secure attachment. And if you're ready to really, really do the work and you know that 2023 is your year, you need to be able to show up differently. You want to embody secure attachment. You know, I'm ready to coach you inside of the empowered, secure love program. We have some limited spots left in February. So if you're interested, make sure that you apply to the program using the link in my bio. And of course, you all know, I am so grateful that you're here, that you are part of this amazing community, and I am wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. I'll talk with you soon. You guys, thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate each and every one of you. The best way that you can thank me is by sharing this episode on Instagram, Facebook, and making sure that you tag me at Dr. Morgan Coaching. And it would really mean the world to me if you took just two minutes to leave me a five-star review on iTunes. This podcast is not free to produce. And the more that you help this little show grow, the more people will have access to this valuable information. So until next time, I'm wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. Thank you for being part of this community.